This is the Seven Figures Podcast Smart Money Strategies for Women with Sandy Waters. Seven Figures is sponsored by Family First Credit Union. When it comes to financial education, earning and learning go hand in hand, and Family First is here to help you and the greater Rochester community with both. All right, it is the first of the month. Time for us to come together and set our monthly goals. Ultimately, we want to be financially confident women. We want to have the choice, the choice to either take care of our finances ourselves or to choose to delegate it. But not because we don't know what we're doing, but because we, hey, want to delegate it. So our friend Erica Cummings is with us again. Good morning. CFP, VP of Morgan Stanley. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I love being here. Okay. So we are, because you've coined this the year of financial wellness. Yes. And every month we are given a task, right? A goal for the month. So last month, if you were with us, it was just to find, what do we say? 20 minutes a week. Yes. To dedicate to finances, something, something, whether it's reading an article, whether it's listening to a podcast, something that will inspire you to realize how important this is, as important as the rest of your your health and your wellness. And to really say, okay, so on Sundays in the morning, I'm going to have my morning coffee and I'm going to sit down with my husband or my wife or whoever it is or just by myself and I'm going to go over something about my finances, or maybe it's in the middle of the week or whatever. Just carve 20 minutes and commit to it. You got it. Okay. That was last month's goal. So hopefully we found time. Yep. Okay. This month, the focus will be what? This month is really starting to get to what do we do now? So now our mindset's wrapped around the fact that we deserve this, that we need this for ourselves. Now it's how do we start to build that foundation, that all of that control and mm-hmm. all of those uh, decisions that you're going to be making for your future, building the foundation that allows you to take control and get ready for putting that plan together. So it is identifying places that you're stuck mm-hmm. and then identifying the places that you aren't stuck so that you can spend the month working on the, the things that you really need to put together and, and be focused on. Some of these things, the women listening may say, got it which is great. That week, maybe you spend double on one of the other things. So we're really going to start to focus on what is the foundation? If if a person came to sit down with me and wanted to put together a financial plan, what are some of the things that would be critical for me to know in order to build that plan? Now, can we break it down into weeks? Because if we dedicate 20 minutes a week, can we have a task each week? Absolutely. So I've broken it down into four totally manageable steps. Okay. But... It may be uncomfortable because we have to uncover knowledge about ourselves. Mm, self-awareness. It's exactly. Tough. It, is, it is tough. And so there's three types of knowledge. There's the knowledge that we already know. So what we already know about ourselves. Mm-hmm. There's what we know about ourselves, but we don't want to know. And then there's what we don't know. We don't know. So, for example... If we think about it, everybody knows what they what they know. So we're aware of the things that we have a really tight grasp on. But let's say that you have debt or there's been things that you've done along the way that you're not proud of. You're aware that they're there. So you, you know what you know. under the rug, though. But right? <laughs> you're letting the envelopes pile up mm-hmm. or you're not fully facing 
that fear that's in front of you. But you know it's there. Unfortunately, the largest gap of knowledge that most women have is the what we don't know. So that is what is going to put you in the most danger financially in the event of something tragic or a really critical event that happens in your life. And all of a sudden you find out that you didn't have the benefits you thought you had or your mm-hmm. husband doesn't have the benefits that you thought he had or there's debt out there that you didn't know you had or you didn't know something was affecting your credit score when you go to buy a car. These are things that pop up every day. So part of what the goal is for this coming month is to do our very, very best, even though it's going to be very uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because it's going to mean opening up those envelopes. It's going to mean looking for things and taking time out and trying to organize your financial life. It is imperative if you truly want to move on and at the end of the year say, I really did. I did well and I feel good. And you have that confidence. Exactly. If something awful happens, you can rest assured that you know what's going on. Absolutely. Okay. So first week. Yep. Week one. Week one is all about digging through your stuff. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So will you tell us exactly what we're looking for? Okay. So the first thing that we need to do is to figure out what we have. And those generally lie in the documents or the benefits that we have through our work. So we're talking about things like making sure we have basic stuff. Where's our birth certificate? Where's our marriage certificate? Divorce certificate, if it's applicable, passports, things like that. This is just normal things that Mm -hmm. I know myself. We have gone across the border with the kids, come home, and I go, oh, my gosh, where did we put the birth certificate? And all of a sudden, it's sitting in the car. And thank God we find it, but it was sitting in there because we went to Toronto or something. You want to make sure that you know where all of these important documents are and you have them organized. Things like wills. Not everybody has a will. Not everybody needs a will, but if you have a will, you should know. You should know if your husband has a will. You should know if your parents have a will, if you're responsible for them. Legal documents like powers of attorney, again, Mm. not everybody has them. Um, Your mortgage deed, it's pretty key. That means that deed says you own the house. If there's debt corresponding to that, that mortgage deed, so where's your mortgage information? This is going to have the rate that you're paying, the terms of the rate, the amount of money that you're paying per month how much is principal, et cetera, et cetera. Your vehicle ownership papers. So how many times have people gone to sell a car and they can't find the documentation? Right. So they have to order new titles. This just makes life more complicated or it delays decisions. Tax returns. Just have them available. Have things throughout the year that you're going to be applying towards your tax returns. If you make a donation, if there's things that you've done throughout the year – Don't make it so that come April 15th, you're running around like a lunatic. Just make it a little bit more organized. (laughs) We're all nodding and chuckling. Yes, Yes, okay. We've all been there. Yes. (laughs) Bank statements. And this is really critical for women, especially if their hands are not on these things every day. Mm -hmm. You need to know what you have as a couple. Bank statements, retirement accounts, 401ks, IRAs, those types of statements. You want to make sure you have your credit. So wait, uh, back up for one second. A lot of these statements are online now. Yes. Is it okay just to have, because I'm assuming you're saying just create this space in your house where all this is going to be. This is the corner in the office that all these documents are. This is the binder. 
Is it okay just to have a list of all the passwords to access? Hey, here's our 401k. Here's the password. Here's where it is. Here's who has it. Here's how much is in it. Or do you suggest to actually print out statements? So typically, if you have, if you're keeping up, this is the tough part about usernames and passwords. How often do we have to change them? A lot. Oftentimes, we end up writing them down and then we don't go back or we don't go into the computer on our Excel spreadsheet and update it. We just think of this as you died today and someone is now responsible for collecting everything in your life, everything in your life. What is the easiest way for that person to get access to everything? If you're really good about keeping up your username and passwords on a piece of paper or on a spreadsheet, just make sure that that person knows where it is, that you know where it is at all times, because ultimately it's about awareness. You'll find whatever the method, whichever works best for you. So when we put binders together for our clients, we do have printouts. Wills, for example, they absolutely are printed out. Powers Mm -hmm. of attorneys are printed out. I always say print the latest statement, end of the year statement from some of these uh, different accounts that you have. It does have the financial advisor at the top of it. It'll have a phone number to call. It may just be easier than having someone log into every account. But that's not to say that it's whatever methodology works best for you. I don't know if I said on the last podcast, but truly the mission is to just allow people to grieve. They shouldn't have to be worrying about where to locate all of these documents. And again, going back to not knowing what you don't know, at that point, there's no one to ask. Uh, Now your husband's alive. You can say, I'm trying to collect all of our information. Do I have every account? So this week, we're just collecting. We're not doing anything yet with these documents. We're just organizing everything. For the most part, we're not doing anything with the documents, with the exception of some things I'll talk about in a bit. But really, if you do nothing else this month, I'd like you to do the other steps. But if you do (laughs) nothing else this month, let's get these things put together. Okay. Because this is the hardest part. Because it does mean opening envelopes. It does mean having to go through piles of paper. It may turn into this giant organizational event that you never planned for. But ultimately, I've never heard one person say they're not happy with Mm -hmm. the results. Or out the other side, they don't feel better. All right. So that's week one. Yes. A lot. So if that's all you get to. It's and a then, lot, but a yeah. lot of it, once you get started, you'll feel like, okay, I got this going. Exactly. And, you, and you'll either feel like you're in a good spot because you do have all these documents, right? Yep. Or now it exposes the areas that you need to work on. Yes. The one other thing that I would suggest that you gather mm-hmm. is your credit score, a credit report. And okay. these are free. You can You can order your credit report for free. Can you give us those three, because there's three places we can reach out to, one free one a month, right? And then they suggest calling each one at different times of the year? Yes. So there's Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion. Okay. Those are the three companies that generally make up what's called your FICO score. And that score, it's probably one of the most important things in your financial life. It's going to determine how much you pay for anything that you are borrowing. It's huge, and it can mean the difference between paying $100 more a month for a car, for example. So you really want to make sure that you have a handle on that. 
and that everything on there is correct. Okay. So that's week one. Week one. Getting yep. organized. Okay. Feeling good. You know where everything is. You know where everything is. Okay. So the second one is starting to create a budget for your life. Okay. And <laughs> that's another word we don't like. No, yeah, I'm nobody just likes I'm budget. a budget girl. I get excited about yeah, budgets. Me too. But I can yeah. I can sense everybody rolling their eyes. Yes. No, okay. <laughs> I am the spreadsheet wonder. I have worst case, middle of the road, best case, et cetera. Okay. What we're trying to achieve by the end of this year is total financial wellness. Part of total financial wellness is being able to save and prepare for the future. Mm-hmm. We are not going to be able to work forever. Even though in our minds we say, oh, I'll just never retire. Trust me, at some point it may not be your choice mm-hmm. because of health or because your employer says you've just maxed yourself out. So we have to start to look at ways that we can save for Short-term goals, mid-term goals, and long-term goals. The only way we're going to be able to do that is to determine where we have extra cash flow. And the only way to do that is by creating a budget. Sometimes our budget reveals a lot about ourselves. It reveals that we are just getting by. It reveals that we're probably overspending. So if you have credit card debt that seems to continuously pile up, maybe you've paid it off because you've received a gift from somebody or you've had a bonus, you pay it off and suddenly it starts creeping up again, you are living beyond your means. In order for you to start to plan for the future, we have to find ways to save money. We have to find ways to shrink the budget. I don't care if you make a million dollars a year or if you make $30,000 a year, you can find a way. I promise because I've seen it happen. There are ways that you can squeak out that extra money. Those people that are making a million dollars a year, albeit I know everybody's at home saying, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> They're overspending. <laughs> it's the houses, those giant houses that you see without any window treatments because they can't afford them. <laughs> they have beautiful cars that are fully <laughs> leased or in debt. People make mistakes no matter how much money they make. So really what it is is about clarifying what you're bringing in. So if we want to just look at it from a 10,000 foot view, what am I depositing Mm -hmm. every single month? Then what's going out? So what are my fixed expenses? Fixed meaning non-negotiable. Non-negotiable. So you have to pay your rent, you have to pay your mortgage, car payments, things that are every single month repetitive. And if you don't pay them, now we're going to start to look at potentially losing or potentially ruining our credit score, et cetera. Those are fixed expenses. I would say food is kind of a fixed expense too, although it can be discretionary in terms of how we actually consume. So going out to dinner versus making a meal at home. But food is certainly something that we'd have to allocate for. So going through the list of all the things that you absolutely cannot live without. Now, would you include Mm -hmm. the going out to eat or would you just find an average of groceries? What I would do at this point is this is just a current reflection and you are categorizing them into whether they are fixed or whether they are discretionary. And you can find this through your credit card statements, right? If you're going to charge everything, just comb through it, organize it. Okay. So when I give clients a budget uh, spreadsheet, Mm -hmm. there is no line for credit cards and there's no line for miscellaneous. I have yet to find a store that you can buy miscellaneous. So 
You're using your credit cards, which <laughs> a lot of us do. I use my credit card to buy a cup of coffee because I'm getting a point from it. Yeah. I pay them back every month, but why not utilize these free points or credits or cash back that the cards allow for? If you're in the if position you're to do paying so. paying them back, exactly. And this is what we're getting you ready for. Right. So what you can do is comb through those statements. Look at January if you want to look at January. Pick the middle of January through the middle of February, whatever it is. Or if you want to do this at the end of February, whatever it is, figure out a month that you can look at and say, okay, here's what my rent is or my mortgage. Here's what my car payments are. These are necessary expenses. They're fixed. And then here's the discretionary money that I spent. And then here's what's left over. The goal here is to start to analyze whether or not there's wiggle room. Wiggle room might be that all said and done, you're actually saving every month, which is great. Wiggle room might be we're saving nothing, but I'm looking at your discretionary expenses and saying there's lots of room there. You have to be mindful of what's in each category and the kind of room you have and where can I pull it from if one particular category is starting to go over for that month. Nothing is perfect. So therefore, There's going to be lots of things that you don't expect. Something goes wrong with the car or something breaks in the house. So we have to learn how to adjust. And the only way we're going to be able to do that is with a budget. So when you're going to buy that cup of coffee at Starbucks, that's $4. And no offense to Starbucks. I love it. But just be mindful that that's $4. And how many times a week are you doing that? Do you have a gym membership? I read that January 12th is the magic day that people give up on their resolutions. So... Have you been going to the gym since January 12th? Maybe it's best if you start to look at other alternatives. If you're consistently throwing money out the window, that's what we're looking for. Okay, and that's this week. It's so just that's, that's, finding your numbers. That's set okay. the second week. is just finding out what it is. And again, scary. Scary because there's going to be categories that you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. I spent that much money on wine. <laughs> <laughs> then maybe you just have to lower your standard. (laughs) And don't get angry at each other just because a lot of fights are because of money. 100%. So you have to go into this thinking, okay, it is what it is, but it's not going to be anymore. Yeah. So your husband spent so much money on whatever. Okay, fine. Forgive and let's move forward. I had a client in last week that they're very different. He has one hobby and it's... He has a sailboat, and he's a partner in the sailboat with three other people. And whenever they have to do something, it is a large amount of money, but it happens once a year, and it's divided by a quarter. So they pay the slippage fee or whatever it might be. But his wife is very much into knitting and needlework, and so she has more Michael's receipts than most people have their whole life in a year. (laughs) Yeah. And so when they're going through it, she sees this one check for the boat and loses it. And then he, of course, collects all the Michael's receipts. So (laughs) very rarely seen where there isn't an even amount of of ownership to go around in terms of where kind of the 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 leakage might be in in the spending. So it's really just about awareness at this point. It's not a you don't have to do anything. We're just Figuring out what's coming in, what's going out, what's left, if anything. Okay. Okay. That moves us into week three. Week three is debt. So here's the good thing. Okay. Okay. And this is why I don't want you to get too upset about debt. Debt is not bad. It's practically a necessity 
depending on what we're talking about. We need debt to buy homes. We generally need debt in order to, especially nowadays, um, buy a car. There's definitely good debt and there's bad debt. As a matter of fact, it's good to manage a certain amount of debt or else you won't have a FICO score. Okay. So to have absolutely nothing in your name and to have never paid something off, you don't have an identity from experience point of view. So that's a good reason to have a credit card, to continuously pay it off, to create a history for yourself in case someday you have to do this on your own. I've seen it happen. Whether it's because of a divorce or somebody passes away and suddenly they go to buy something and they have no credit history. If both your names are on the credit card, or does that other person still? So if you took out the card yourself and you put in your social security number and the application was placed just in your name and you ordered a secondary card, it's not going on that other person's credit score. It's the same thing. I've had this happen with a divorce where the husband had the credit card and all of the miles that were accumulated on that card. It was insane. A million miles. And in the divorce, they can't be transferred. And they technically couldn't, at least in this situation, come up with a monetary figure for it. And so all those miles were lost. Oh, It happened in a death, too. If the card is in just one person's name and all you are is, is this, the duplicate, then there may be limitations. So what do you do to ensure that you're, because if you opened up the card so long ago and you don't remember, just call yeah. the credit card yep. company or call your credit union and make sure that your name is equal. What question are you well, asking? Well, you want to be a joint owner, joint which, owner. Okay. which means that you also would have that on your credit report. Okay. So when we're talking about debt, again, practically uh, necessary, the problem arises when the debt gets out of control. So again, we start seeing envelopes that are piling up and- Now the late fees are piling up on top of the interest. And before you know it, you're just, you're swallowed up in it. This happens all the time. And so we have to just face it head on because we can't possibly go back to that budget and figure out how to properly allocate funds if we don't know if we're Mm -hmm. in um, what would be considered an unhealthy amount of debt. Unhealthy are credit cards that are from the stores. So different store credit cards charge the most or the highest interest rates, 19, 20, 25%. If you have a store credit card and you're not paying down the balance, you are paying an exorbitant amount in interest and potentially penalties. So it is imperative that you gather all of this information as painful as it may be and you start to analyze, I have a credit card from ABC company, I have a credit card from DEF company, this is how much I owe. This is what the interest rate is on that. This is the late payments. This is how it's reflecting on my credit report. Mm-hmm. Pull off the scab and just do it. And then we start to look at what should be paid off first. The absolute rule of thumb when it comes to credit cards is to look for the one that is the most expensive, meaning highest rate of interest. You look at the total dollar amount that's owed on all of them, and you make sure that the ones that aren't the highest rates of interest are being paid so that you're not incurring any more penalties. So you're paying that minimum amount. Any additional money gets put towards the the highest interest bearing card. 
and you keep paying that one down. A lot of people think the highest balance or the lowest balance should be the ones that they should be going towards. It has nothing to do with that. It's everything to do with interest. The interest. Yeah. And as soon as you pay that one off, you go to the next one, all the while making sure that the minimum payments are being paid on the other cards. And now there are a couple options, too. If you're really swallowed in debt, there's um, Consumer Credit Counseling yep. uh, Services of Rochester. That's a not-for-profit that will help you Absolutely. if you're really in a yes. tough spot. Also, Family First Credit Union. They have the debt consolidation. And Absolutely. because they're a credit union, they are working to help you. Yes. Um, they try to minimize the fees as much as they can to Absolutely. make it. Okay. So those are two options if you feel like oh, overwhelmed. Yes. And, and also... There are home equity lines of credit. There's personal loans that you can take out where, yes, the interest rates are going to be higher than you would like, but they're not going to be 25%. Right. Okay. But again, all goes back to your credit score. Yeah. So you may not qualify for these things if you don't have a good credit score. So it's really important that you gather all this information so that you can go at this with eyes wide open and you don't have to say, I I don't know what I don't know. Okay. And then the final week. Okay. So the fourth week, after we're done analyzing all of this. Uh-huh, we got all our numbers. We got everything We organized. got everything together. We've got a, a relatively good grasp on the budget for the last 30 days. We know what we're dealing with in terms of debt. We have actual numbers and interest rates and so on. Now is when you start to look at, okay, can I start to put some what we call emergency reserves away? It is so important that the very first thing that you tackle is being able to have enough cash available on hand, whether it be actual savings, whether you have a home equity line of credit that you can tap into if there's an emergency, um, disability insurance. And we can go a little bit more into detail as the months go on about the different insurances. But disability insurance is imperative for anybody that's working. Long-term disability insurance. Because if you end up not being able to work because of a disability, it can be devastating to your family. Because not only are you not earning, but you're also consuming at the same time and sometimes consuming more depending on the level of disability. Mm, mm-hmm. So okay. what we're looking at here is three to six months worth of fixed expenses that you have in savings of some sort readily available. If you lose your job, if you want to walk away for some reason, so this goes back to that freedom and that choice. Mm-hmm. So many women stay in uncomfortable situations or in situations that are not uh, good for them because they don't have the ability to leave. This is the year that we start to look for ways to put yourself in a position where you can say, you know what, this is not serving me. And we are telling you it is the most unbelievable, awesome feeling when you can honestly say, I am financially okay. I am financially confident. Yes. It's just such an amazing feeling that we want all of you to feel because it's so awesome to be in that spot. And we're going to help you get there. Absolutely. So do these few little steps this month, and then we will explain further what to do, how to tackle that debt in more depth, right? Exactly. And we'll get into fine-tuning what to do with this paperwork. But right now, just get everything on the table, understand where you're at. Yeah, we have to uncover everything before we can figure out how yeah. to move forward. All right. I'm All excited. Right. Are you guys excited? Yeah. Everyone's excited. Yeah, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So now let's raise a glass and cheers to being financially confident women. Yeah. Everything that Erica mentioned, all the tasks that she assigned us to each week, I will have it in the show notes so you can refer back to it. Erica Cummings, CFP, VP at Morgan Stanley. 
Next week on the podcast, we're going to talk about this new trend, this movement called the FIRE movement. Financial independence, retire early. Sounds awesome, doesn't it? Retire early. But yeah, there's controversy around it. So we'll let you know if you should really buy into this or not. You have a fantastic weekend. Thank you, as always, for taking time out of your busy day to listen to the Seven Figures podcast. And thank you for being a part of our community. We will talk again next Friday. If you have a personal finance question or feedback about the show, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to Sandy at Sandy at RochesterBuzz.com. New episode every Friday. Listen, subscribe, and tell a friend about the Seven Figures Podcast. Smart money strategies for women.